Hi there. You're with Ask Rip again. Today we're asking Rip all kinds of things. We're doing this the old way. You will not see this again. This is the old way. This is where you guys send me questions in on the internet or Facebook or whatever bizarre, discardable social media format is fashionable at the time. And we print them out, we lay them on the table, and I don't see them until right now. Uh, why don't we take questions on MySpace? Is there some reason we don't use MySpace? Why don't we single-handedly revive MySpace? Is MySpace still on the air, I wonder? Uh, why is it obsolete? Because it doesn't work? Facebook bought it? It evolved. I think so, too. I think Facebook just got to be... I don't think MySpace... Did you have a MySpace? No. The only reason I have a Facebook is because you people make me have one. I don't want Facebook any more than I want brain cancer. But, you know... What do you do? You gotta tell people how you, you know, about the article you put on your website today, so that's where you do it. Anyway, MySpace, I don't know. Why don't we buy MySpace and rehab it? What would they take for it, you think? 80 bucks. 80 bucks by MySpace? Well, I got 80 bucks. I'll call them. Call them up. No, send them a letter. Uh, mail them, a, yeah. <laughs> Send them a letter. Send it certified mail. Do that. All right, John Watson. <clears throat> is there anything, asks, is there anything you would do slash have done for an old dog with weakening hips, rear legs? Funny you mentioned that, John. Uh, there is a product. Uh, on the market that was developed for horses and I'm trying to remember the name oh it's called Adequan Adequan is an injectable formulation of hyaluronic acid and glucosamine and it uh, is very useful for horses developed as, as an equine medication for uh, for lame horses and uh, I know several people that have used it quite successfully with older dogs uh, we have uh, in fact Carmen used it on her elderly dog and got another couple of functional years out of her a buddy of mine who's a dermatologist here used it on his old lab and she was crippled and, uh, and, and used that with her a couple of times, and she's walking around without even a limp uh, for like an extra year and a half. So, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful stuff. It doesn't work very well on humans for some reason, but uh, uh, I've seen a lot of good uh, results with that. I've heard about good results with that for, for dogs. It's called Adequan, A-D-E-Q-U-A-N. Uh, equine preparation they're going to argue with you about giving it to you because that's just what they do 
But I'm telling you, it works, and you ought to check that out for your elderly dog. All right, so Charity Hambrick writes, what kind of pets did Rip have as a kid? Dogs. Larry Nevers asks, why did you decide to take up trumpet? I played in grade school and high school, but never been tempted to play it now that I'm older. I've been learning guitar the past few years. Wish I had taken that up in high school. Well, Larry, uh, apparently you played in grade school, laid off in junior high school, if in fact you are from here in the United States. We call that middle school or junior high school. And that's where most people start an instrument in band. Uh, I never played in band. I played the guitar. See, I did this backwards. I played the guitar in high school. And, you know, I played some chords and fooled around with it and stuff. And then I, but I'd been raised with vocal music and uh, was in choir and stuff and could read music, essentially. Uh, but I decided uh, when I was 40, in fact, quite some time ago, I was 40, that I either needed to go back to school to do something for my brain or I needed to start playing a musical instrument. So I decided that I didn't really want to go back to school and be around those people. So I uh, uh, went to the pawn shop and bought a cornet and started taking lessons on it. And, uh, and why the trumpet? Because I liked the instrument. I have a real good friend, John Hodge, who's been a you know, pro-level trumpet player since he was in high school. And, uh, you know, that was an influence. And I'd always grown up listening to trumpet music, Herb Alford. And, uh, you know, all of the rhythm and blues soul artists that had horn sections, Tower of Power, Chicago, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, all those things were, you know, just where the music was being made in uh, pop music, and it all had a horn section. I liked horns, and that's why I started that, and that was uh, 22 years ago, and uh, I'm really not any better than I was 20 years ago, but... Uh, Oh, you know, we have fun. Four or five of us get together and practice once a week and fool around and, uh, you know, just work on stuff. Uh, good luck with your guitar, though. But let me keep in, let me remind you of the fact that everybody plays guitar. How many guys your age play the trumpet? Keep that in mind, man. Don't be one of the herd. Joe Jelisinski. Joe Jalisinski, there's no other way to pronounce that. I don't guess he'll let me know, I'm sure, if, it's, if there is. How much arch is too much arch for the bench press? Is it possible to have too much arch? Well, uh, no, it really is not possible to have too much arch because your spine is going to limit your arch. The flexibility, the extensibility of your spine is going to limit the amount of thoracic and lumbar extension that you can display in the bench. Now, they're small, hyperflexible female people have got big giant, you know, where you could roll a decent keg of beer in between their butt and their shoulders. Uh, I've seen that happen. 
several times. I would argue that that's, you know, stretching the rules a little bit. But, hey, that's not their fault. That's the rules' fault. Too much arch? No, I don't think there's, you know, any such thing as too much arch. Unless you, unless you have something you'd like to comment on about that, write us back. Carl Shute asks, what was dinner with Taleb like? Well, Carl, I've eaten with him several times. Uh, Taleb is a is a damned interesting guy. He's a damned interesting guy. We uh, he's much brighter than I am, and uh, uh, I just sit there and listen to him. Typically, uh, uh, he's a he's a real nice guy. I consider him a friend, and he was uh, gracious enough to uh, have me at his house. I've been out. To to lunch with him a couple of times, eating supper with him a couple of times, and uh, we've just we just had a good time. We just talk, but you know conversations go interesting places when you've got a guy like that, uh, with a, pr a pretty good perspective on all the stuff I'm actually interested in, and uh, yeah, it's one of the more one of the more fortunate aspects of of being well enough known for him to be interested in what I do is I get to actually interact with guys like that, and it's fun. Steve Weens. Now I'm pronouncing that in the, in the way that a, a German speaker would because it's W-I-E-N-S. Uh, uh, maybe he pronounces it as Steve Wines. I don't know. Uh, Steve, if you're concerned about my pronunciation of your name, you should have, like, added that to the, the deal. But we'll assume you'll know who you are here. What a funny-looking little picture here. It looks like, there's, looks like Steve is on here wearing a little ballet tutu. That can't be what this is, though. Can't be what it is. It's just since the picture is so small, my brain is filling it in like that for some reason. Now, my wife has scoliosis, and I'm trying to get her into the gym, but she's worried because of it, because if it, typo, because if it. Does she have anything to be worried about? Well, Stevie, I don't know. Depends on how bad it is. Um, I do know that... Uh, a man by the name of Lamar Gant with extremely severe scoliosis has deadlifted in excess of 700 pounds before. Uh, lots and lots of people have some, in fact, probably most people have some measurable degree of lateral curvature in some part of their spine. Uh, the, so really, really, actually the question is this. Does your wife want to have scoliosis with a weak back or scoliosis with a strong back. She's going to have scoliosis. If she wants to have scoliosis with a weak back, she needs to continue doing what has worked so well before. If she wants to have scoliosis with a strong back, she needs to get into the gym, squat, press, bench press, and deadlift. Right? Now, Andrew Smock, Smock, Andrew Smock says, It's so much fun to make fun of other people's names. Andrew Smock. 
other people's names. You know, you run onto somebody with a fucked up name. I mean, look, I'm getting him back, right? <clears throat> Andrew, I hurt my back recently receiving a slipped disc in my L3 and L4. My question is, so you have any advice for me getting back into my workouts? My back is a lot better now. Uh, Andrew, you, no one slips a disc. There's no such thing. Don't, that's so 1960s. Don't type stuff like that when you're, you know, talking to people because people will go, slip disc? This guy's a dumbass. Uh, look, Andrew, here's, let me let you in on a little secret, and we talk about this all the time. All right. All human beings that are older than about 30 have degenerative changes in their spine, which may include disc problems, vertebral uh, degeneration, bony degeneration problems, all kinds of weird things. I would uh, ask you to investigate this yourself. What you're going to find is that everybody's back is fucked up. Everybody, without exception, unless you're 12, everybody's back is fucked up. This is a function of the fact that the spinal morphology developed in a quadruped animal so that the, the intervertebral discs were loaded in moment and serve primarily a function of uh, the function of separating the disc segments and keeping them mobile. And then when our ancestors got the brilliant idea to stand up and walk around bipedally, now we shifted the spine into a position where uh, these discs are now loaded, the discs and the vertebral bodies are loaded in compression. Uh, it doesn't react well to this. If by reacting well you mean not adapting to this, what is essentially an unnatural load, by degenerating a little bit. Once again, a some degree of spinal degeneration is normal, normal for human beings. Uh, spinal degeneration may or may not be associated with back pain. Back pain may exist in the absence of significant spinal degeneration. It may not exist in the presence of very significant spinal degeneration, so it's not, a, it's not an indicator of either what's going on, why your back hurts, or what you ought to do about it. In other words, back pain does not necessarily have anything to do with what you're doing with your back in the weight room. Yes, once again, let's revisit my discussion of scoliosis. You've got a screwed up back. Join the club. Now, do you want a screwed up strong back or a screwed up weak back? Your call, man. Andrew. Smock. Okay. Now, oh, one more thing. Last one. See? Last one. Table's empty right in front of me. This is the last one of these. The old classic Throwback formula, ask Rip. <clears throat> Bradley Gish once again asks, what's the story with the orangutan in the videos, photos, video slash 
slash photos. What the hell are they talking about, Nick? Thanks for joining us on our throwback version of Ask Rip. This is the taco-flavored Dorito version of Ask Rip, throwback to the original way things used to be. If you like it, well, we'll maybe do it again.